welcome and um, happy new year. Uh, glad you're here uh, today and boy you've sounded so good choir and orchestra. Thank you for leading us uh, this, uh, this morning as you have. It's good to be back with you. We were out last week but we did watch you online and uh, I want to say a special thanks to Chuck uh, for filling in and always did a wonderful, uh, wonderful job and then I want to take a moment, let's welcome those who are joining us by live stream. Lots of folks joining us by live stream. Would you welcome them to our uh, broadcast uh, today? Now, I want you to do something. I want you to take and find the book of Psalms, Psalm 96. That'll, that's our main text this morning. But then hold your place there, and uh, because in a few minutes, we're going to look at another section in Psalms, Psalm 148. So if you want to find both of those uh, places uh, that we're going to look there in both places here in just a, a few moments. In 1975, I was a sophomore in high school, and the number one hit on the Billboard Hot Soul 100 was a song titled Sing a Song. And uh, maybe you heard it or remember it. In fact, it's still frequently played uh, to this day. It's an upbeat tempo kind of song, and and uh, the, first, um, the first verse goes like this, I'm not going to sing it, I'm going to tell you what it says. It says, when you feel down and out, sing a song, it'll make your day. For you, here's a time to shout, sing a song, it'll make a way. Sometimes it's hard to care, sing a song, it'll make your day. A smile is so hard to bear then sing a song. It'll make a way. Well, I don't know if that happens to you when you sing a song, but I do know that the Bible frequently talks about singing songs, and it talks about the importance of singing and singing the right songs. And do you know the Bible frequently tells us to sing a new song? And so I want to, for the next several weeks, I want to talk with you about this new year and how to have a really good new year. Uh, and I want to talk to you today about how to sing a new song. There was a time in Israel's life when it was in captivity and uh, taken to Babylon. And the captors of Israel, the Babylonians, told them to sing a new song. Sing a new song. They said, how can we sing a new song in a foreign land? How can we sing a new song when we're not uh, near the things that we love the most? But the captor said, well, sing, find a new song. Well, I would say to you here this morning that the Bible tells us there is a new song that we can sing. And I want to show you some of the new songs that we can sing in the new year. There is just something about singing that reflects the message of our heart and soul, isn't there? Um, Paul said this, he said, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he adds this, we often just kind of stop there, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. But Paul adds this, he says, and address one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, listen, and making melody to the Lord with your heart. How many of you sing in the shower? How many of you sing in the car? How many of you find yourself humming a song through the day? Probably most of us, don't we? Aren't you glad they're not recorded? <laughs> but I want to tell you they're joyful to the Lord. 
because they're often a reflection of what's going on in our heart, or a song can capture us in that way. There's just something about singing that helps lift us in times of despair and brings joy to our hearts. How many times have you come discouraged or downcast to the the house of God and then the music, like it was this morning, fantastic, has lifted your heart and been just what you needed? Your song is important to God, the song that you sing and the song that you sing back to Him. In fact, how important is your song to God? Well, songs are so important to God that there are a couple of books like the Song of Solomon and another well-known book, the Songs or the Psalms, which is a collection of songs from man to God about all kinds of issues. Some of those are songs of petition, some of those are songs of praise, but they are songs that reflect the heart of that person, David mostly, but others who wrote some of these wonderful psalms. And it's one of the reasons we most frequently turn to psalms when we are discouraged, because we know we can find ourselves in a song in the book of Psalms. Songs generally have meaning because they capture our heart, don't they? Think about this. You you know, no one ever writes a song and says, if they're asked about the lyrics, oh, I, there's no meaning to the lyrics. I, I just collected a bunch of random words and put them to a tune. Nobody ever, in fact, nobody would ever know about that song, and certainly no one would sing that kind of song. But the most significant kinds of songs are those that remind us of God. They're songs that point us to Him, especially in the discouraging times and in the insecure uh, times. Now, it's a new year, and you have a choice on how you're going to live the new year. You can choose to put your eyes on the things around you, and by the way, if you do, you're going to live a year full of fear and despair and worry and anxiety. Or you can choose to put your eyes on King Jesus. As Aaron said, the conqueror, the one who's given us victory, You can choose to put your eyes on King Jesus, and you can choose to sing a new song. I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning for Scripture, but I want you to listen to a lengthy segment of Scripture. Just listen, Psalm 148. If you've got your Bibles there, you can follow along. I want to read it. It's lengthy, but it's worth it on this new year. Sing a new song. Listen, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. And continuing on in 
149, praise the Lord. Look, listen, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. And then look at 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him his mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's what the psalmist says to us. This new year is a time to sing a new song. It's a time to sing a song of praise. If you are hurting today, sing a new song of praise to the caregiver of your life. If you are anxious, sing a new song of praise to the peacemaker of your emotions. If you today are weary, sing a new song of praise to the energizer of your soul. If you are brokenhearted, sing a new song of praise to the comforter of your heart. If you're depressed, sing a new song of praise to the encourager of your mind. If you're afraid, sing a new song of praise to the mighty protector of your life. If you're weak, sing a new song of praise to the restorer of your strength. If you are impoverished, sing a new song of praise to your provider, the provider of all you need. If you are sick, Sing a new song of praise to your eternal healer. And if you are saved, sing a new song of praise to your loving Savior. Oh, people, listen to me this morning. In the new year, listen to the word of your Creator. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Listen, you don't know and I don't know what this year will bring. We don't know whether to be good, bad, or indifferent. But what I know is that we can all sing a new song to God. We can all sing a new song of praise uh, to Him at the beginning of this year. And I want to challenge you today to commit yourself to singing a new song to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just the introduction. Now look at Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar 
and all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, because he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. O Lord, let our hearts be filled with praise. Let us sing a new song, a new song in a new day, a new song for a new year, a new song of your greatness and your glory. Father, let us adore and let us worship you because of who you are, our creator, our sustainer, our provider, our helper, our strength in times of trouble. Lord, cause our eyes in the new year to be turned toward you, away from that which is around us and upon heaven. Cause us to lift up our eyes at our Redeemer. Speak to us now from your word. Bring fresh commitment to our lives as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to ask you this morning, have you lost your song? You know, this world has a way of stealing your song, doesn't it? The circumstances, the events of our lives have a way of robbing us, and if we're not careful, we can lose our song. Do you know there are many times in the Scripture where this statement is made, sing a new song. I only shared two of those, but there are several in the Scripture. Sing a new song. Why is that? Because we need the refreshment of our souls to go forward with God. God knew that. The psalmist wrote that to us to help us understand the importance of celebrating and singing to God uh, our praises. And Psalm 96 is a hymn of celebration. It follows a hymn, Psalm 95, which was a hymn of what we would say contemplation and a hymn of God's great compassion and in extending salvation to us. But it is a song, 96 is, that gives us reason to praise God and gives us direction for our devotion in light of God's control and in light of the fact that He is the coming judge. So what song can we sing? And what songs should we sing in the new year? Well, I want to give you five from this psalm that I think are songs that we should sing if we want to go forward keeping our eyes on the king. The first is a song of affirmation. We see it in verse 2. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. We're told to sing about our salvation. Did you get that? You see, every day is an opportunity to praise God that he saved us. Have you told Jesus lately, thank you for dying for me? Have you told God lately, thank you for sending your son, your one and only son into this world for my salvation? This is what the psalmist says. By the way, it'll help you put things in perspective when you think about and you realize he died for me, I am saved. If the whole world collapses tomorrow, I'm still saved. As Aaron quoted Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of God? If everything collapses, we're still saved. And so we sing a song of affirmation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for saving us. And then when was the last time you told someone how wonderful God is? Because he saved you. Not just telling God, God, you're, I affirm you and you're wonderful because you saved me. But God, I'm going to tell others. Others need to know just who you are 
and what you've done in my life. I'm going. Some people say this, well, I don't know how to tell somebody about Jesus. Of course you do. You know, what? the best description I ever heard was this. Now, telling someone else about what Jesus has done is just one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. And you can do that. Sing a song to others of affirmation. Affirming God is about pointing others toward God. And in the new year, why don't you make a commitment this morning to say, you know what, I'm going to sing the song of affirmation. I'm going to affirm God every day for my salvation. And I'm going to look for opportunities to tell other people the wonderful things God has done in my life. On one occasion, an orchestra presented Handel's Messiah. Maybe you've heard Handel's Messiah We've certainly seen portions of it here before, and it was so beautifully presented by this orchestra that the applause was thunderous, and everybody was standing to their feet, and everyone turned to the composer, Handel, who was there. And they turned toward him with thunderous applause, standing to their feet, Handel's Messiah, and Handel rose from his chair, looked to the crowd, and then went. He pointed heavenward he pointed to God he was indicating that the glory should be to God rather than himself in 2023 why don't you make a commitment to point others toward the glory of God point others toward the God who has saved you and brought salvation uh, to your life there was an occasion in the gospel of Mark where Jesus uh, uh, cast out a demon or, or demons from a man And the man was so grateful for what Jesus had done, he said, I want to go with you. I'm going to travel with you. Now, Jesus had an entourage that traveled with him. He had the disciples, and there were a lot of people that kind of roved about with him because it was good at that time to be wherever Jesus was. He fed you and took care of you and all those sorts of things. And so there were many. But this man had been delivered from demons. And uh, upon his deliverance, he was so grateful, he said to Jesus, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. And you know what's interesting? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, you can't go with me. Now, we always think, wow, Jesus wants everyone. But listen to what Jesus, Jesus said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. You know what Jesus said? You've got a mission field right in your own home. Right around you. It may be your colleagues, your neighbors, your, your uh, workplace, whatever it is. But Jesus understood that this man's mission was to, to go and tell the people around him, the people that he already had influence with, tell them what great things God has done for you. I want to tell you something. Every one of us in here today, we have a mission field in 2023. And it may not be overseas it may be, not be out of state or out of town, but it's right here around us. It's the people around us. Why not tell them? Why not sing a song of affirmation, of salvation, of the goodness, of all the good things that God has done for you? There are people in your life that need to know that. They need to hear your song of affirmation. But don't stop there. There's another song for you to sing in the new year. It is a, a song of declaration. Look at verse 3, a song of declaration. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. I want to ask you a question. Have you become ashamed of Jesus? Have you become ashamed of declaring the glory of God? Many people and many in our churches today have been so affected and intimidated by the darkness of the age we're living in that even in, uh, among those who 
uh, 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 confess that they belong to God, they have hidden their light for Christ. There are consequences in some places. There are uh, uh, ramifications if you speak up to honor God, if you uh, uh, sing a song of His glory. Jesus said, however, we are to display and that we are to distribute and we are to declare His glory. In Matthew chapter 5, He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I ask you this morning, is the light of Christ turned on in your life? Does your life declare the glory of God? Are you unashamed uh, of Him? Paul said, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to transformation. We're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. Are you? Have you become ashamed? Are you uh, uh, intimidated by the age you're living in and, and afraid just a bit to speak and to be bold for Christ? The psalmist says, teaches us to declare his glory among the nations. And I want to tell you something. How do you, how do you become acquainted with that glory? Quite simply, you've got to, in the coming year, you've got to spend more time with God than ever before. And by the way, the darker the age, the more important it is for you to spend time with God. You've got to spend more and more time with God. And the more time you spend with God, guess what? The more aware of His glory you'll become. The more aware of His character you'll become. You remember Moses went up on the mountain, and when he came down, he had been in the presence of God, and when he came down, he had to put a veil over his face. You remember that story? You know why he had to put a veil over his face? Because he'd been in the presence of God. And in being in the presence of God, just the reflected glory of God shown through him you say that's Moses I want to tell you something why couldn't it be any one of us who said I'm going to spend time with God so that the glory of God may be radiated through my life you see I really believe that the secret to you and I declaring the glory of God is that we're going to have to spend time with God if we're going to sing a song of declaration in 2023 it will be letting the light of God shine through our lives because we have been with God do you remember when Peter and John came before the 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 council in Jerusalem the the uh, Sadducees and the and they and the, they were fishermen you remember they weren't considered that wasn't considered the most educated job in the world and they came and they stood before the council do you remember what it was said about them the council, when they began to discuss, Peter and John said, these men, <clears throat> though uneducated, speak powerfully. What was it? They'd been with God. And they said that they noted that they had been with Christ. You want to know how to sing a song of declaration of the glory of God in the coming year? Commit yourself to get to know God better than ever before. There's a song of affirmation. There's the song of declaration. And then third, there's the song of adoration. Look at verse 4. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. And verse 5 says, For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. Adoration. Adoration and exaltation are the expressions of a new song. 
a new song that overflows with with praise to God, greatly praising God. And the basis for exalting and adoring God, the psalmist says, is because of who our God is. Our God is not like man's gods. He said they're just worthless idols. But our God is the real deal. He is alive and he reigns and he rules. And because of that, we are to sing a song of adoration. We are to sing a song of exaltation. And by the way, it's going on in heaven. Right now, heaven is full of adoration and exaltation. In Revelation 15, listen to what John writes. He gives us a sneak peek. This is one of the visions that he has in the book of Revelation. He gives us a sneak peek, a behind the scenes of what's really going on in heaven right now. And he says, and I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sing the song, not sang, they sing present tense. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, great And amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. Listen, friends, if heaven is full of the song of exaltation and adoration it should also be true of the people of God on the earth faithfully if it's good enough for heaven it's good enough for us and the reason we exalt and adore God is as John writes in Revelation is because his deeds are amazing Creation declares the glory of God. Did you notice in Psalm 96 and then over in Psalm 148, 49, 150, he talked about the trees and the sea creatures and the depths and all of this sort of stuff. Don't ever wonder if the, if the creation is not praising God. You know when those birds sit in the tree and you think that's a nifty little tune? If you, could, if you were God and you could hear it, it you would know that it, they're praising Him. When the flower blooms and blossoms we say isn't that beautiful but you know what that flower is blossoming to say praise be to God the creator the trees and all you remember the images of them bowing down Uh, who are they bowing down to you say well the wind no they're not they're bowing down to the king of kings and the lord of lords you understand all of creation let everything that has breath praise the lord all of creation declares the glory of God. In fact, the scripture even says the, the heavens declare His glory. His amazing deeds, His interventions are purposeful. He is a miracle way maker. This is, this is the reason we exalt Him. His ways are true. His ways are just. God never makes a mistake. He never once has made a mistake. And He never will. He is never too early in your life and He's never too late. He is always right, and He's always just. 
That's who he is. And for that reason, he is to be exalted and highly honored and highly esteemed. In 2023, why don't you turn your eyes to exalt him with your song? Why don't you sing a song of adoration to him? I ask you this morning, is it possible through all the turmoil of life, you've forgotten how great is our God? Through all the things that you've had to deal with and deal with and will deal with, it's easy to forget how great is our God. Then there's a fourth song. It is a song of dedication. Look at verse 7 in the passage we read. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. This is a song of dedication, ascribing His glory, exalting Him, and honoring Him. All of these things, dedication and and the adoration that we've already talked about. But this song is about glorifying God. Listen, with the dedication of your life, with the dedication of your gifts. In other words, when you dedicate yourself, all of your time, your talent, your treasures to Him, you are bringing glory to His name. It is a song of dedication And God's worthy of everything. God's worthy of everything we are, everything we have. And when when we commit ourselves to that, and when uh, we we demonstrate our commitment with our, our gifts to Him, when we give back to Him our talent, when we give back to Him our treasure, when we give back to Him our time, when we give it to Him for His use, when He say, God, you have endowed me with this, I give it back to you. It's yours. You own it. And because you own it, you own me. In the new year, are you, are you ready to say, God, here I am. I, I, I come to you as a living sacrifice, as Paul says in Romans chapter 12. You see, Just the act of giving of ourselves to Him demonstrates our dedication to Him. And I have to tell you, I think we sometimes get this wrong. We think, and sometimes it's taught this way, and not maliciously, but it's taught this way, that we think that the gifts of God given to us are all about us. That they were given to us by God to make us happy and to make us content. And I will tell you, there's fulfillment in living out of the gifts and the, the treasure and the talents that God has given to you, there's certainly contentment and there's certainly fulfillment there. But listen, listen, if we get this wrong, we think that's the only reason God gave them to us. God gave them to us to make me happen, uh, happy. God gave them to us so I could be content. And if we begin to view what God has given to us that way, we become possessive. And we become selfish and self-centered with the very things that God has given to us that he gave to us to enable us to return them to him, to demonstrate to him our devotion. So God, you gave this to me, I give it back to you. I got thinking about that and I think it's kind of like what parents do when their children are growing up. You know, there comes, whether it's the Christmas season or a, a birthday or some special event and a child a parent will give a child money to go buy a gift for the parent. You know what I'm talking about? So we'll give that money to, to the child to buy the gift for the giver. So the giver gives 
the resources to the child with the understanding the child is going to bring a gift back to the giver. The child doesn't understand that at the time, but the child is just excited to be able to buy a gift and then to give that gift as a present back to the giver. The child doesn't go, now wait a minute. Isn't this kind of like you buying your own gift? That's exactly what it is. But every parent will tell you, I love receiving the gift that I bought through my child. Right? Just something special about that gift coming back. Well, that's what God has done with us. And, and He has given us these gifts. He's given us resources of our talents and treasures and time. And He said, this is presented to you to use for me and to give back to me as an act of dedication. And when you bring your gifts to God, it is a song of dedication. I told you a minute ago about what's happening in heaven. Well, let me continue. In Revelation chapter 4, the scripture says, And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to God, who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, then the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they, listen to this, they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and they were created. That's what's happening in heaven. These elders around the throne, as they worship God, what are they doing? They're taking the the crowns and they're giving them back. They're bringing them back to God. They're putting them at God's... What had been given to them is represented to God. Don't you want in heaven to have some crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for entrusting me with talents. Thank you for resources financially. Thank you, God, for everything you gave me. Thank you. I'm here today Because you invested in me, and now it is my great joy to invest and to return to you your investment. Here. Here are these crowns. I I want them only to give to you. It is a song of dedication. And by the way, when you come in uh, to this place, and when you serve God in this place, and when you give financially in this place, gifts, and say to Jesus when you do it, Jesus, this is a gift to you. By the way, it'll keep you from getting your feelings hurt, too. You know, when you've done something for, for Jesus, at least that's what you said, you did something for Jesus and you didn't get recognized for it, or it was tough, or it was harder than you thought it was going to be, and say, well, I just don't, I didn't deserve this. I don't deserve this. You're right, you don't. But you didn't do it for this. You did it for him. You did it for Jesus. So that you could say, Jesus, this is all for you. And until I get there where I can, I can bow before you and I can hand my crowns to you, God, right now I give myself to you and I dedicate myself to you and to the purposes of the kingdom of God.
That's right now. That's 2023. That can be true of us and should be. You know how to sing a new song of dedication this year? You sing it by offering the gifts of your time, your treasure, and your talents to Him. It is, it has been, it will be the supreme act of dedication. But there's one final song I want to show you this morning from our passage. It is the song of celebration. Verses 11 and 12, again, look there, let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice, let the sea roar, and all that fills it, let, let the field exult, and everything in it, then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. A song of celebration. Why, why is this song sung? He tells us why it's sung, because he's coming back. This is all preparatory for his return. He's coming back, and he's coming back to judge. He's coming back as the judge. And so we sing a song of celebration. We sing a, a song of celebration because he is going to return, and, and he is going to judge this world. Our hope is not in this world. When I was younger, there, Gillette, the razor people, had a commercial a lot of men will remember this. I don't know about ladies, but their, their motto was this, Gillette, the best a man can get. Now, I didn't think much about it at that time, and, and, uh, but I will tell you this. As I've gotten older, I've come to realize that a razor is not the best a man can get. How depressing is that? Well, honey, there it is. That's the best a man can get right there. A popular, well-known preacher has, has become somewhat popular for a motto he uses, your best life now. I want to tell you something. This is not about your best life now. Your best life is not now. It's the life to come. Ask the Apostle Paul as he sat in a prison cell if that was his best life. Because you've got to figure, if anybody had figured it out, Paul probably would have, right? Now, I've been beaten uh, five times, less one stroke with whips to the point of death, five times. He said, I've been in the ocean on a log I've gone without food, I've gone without shelter, I've gone without clothing, but I've learned to be content wherever God has me. Folks, your best life is in the will of God until you're in the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Does that make you uncomfortable? Sing a song of celebration because Jesus is going to return. We have a blessed hope. Look, if you watch everything going on around you and this past year, you'll be depressed out of your head. In fact, by the way, why don't you substitute less news and more of the Word of God this year? Let the Word of God shape your mind because the Word of the world will depress you and discourage you and beat you up and beat you down and cause you to feel hopeless. But we're not hopeless. 
We're not hopeless because Jesus the King is coming. The judge is coming. And when he returns, he'll take us to be with him. And listen, that's when your best life starts. And so right now, we sing a song of celebration. We sing a song of celebration because we know that the blessed hope Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is going to return. And when he does, evil will be judged. Evil will be dealt with. When he returns, injustice will no longer operate. When he returns, deception will be swallowed up by truth. When Jesus returns, death will no longer intimidate. When Jesus returns, pain will be no more. And when Jesus returns, rewards will be given. We sing a song of celebration because we know something that those outside of the kingdom don't know, but we ought to tell them. And one of the ways we tell them is through our song. Listen, friend, this morning, if you have lost the song of the saved, today it's time to sing a new song. It's time to sing a new song celebrating not what is around you, but selling, celebrating what is before you, what is in front of you. So friend, I want to tell you this morning, let's sing a new song in a new year. Let's sing like God's people have always sung. Did you know that? Do you know that the people of God sing on the shores of the Red Sea in Exodus chapter 15? And then on the battlefield in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the people of God sing and sang against the odds that were stacked against them. And then in the deep dungeons, Paul and Silas in Acts 16 sing a song of praise to God. You see, your circumstances don't have to dictate your song. Let your song lead you to victory in your circumstances. I bet, you, I bet you thought dropping pianos from the sky was just kind of one of those cartoon gags, you know, where maybe you ever seen one of those cartoons where the piano falls on, crushes some cartoon character, that sort of stuff, and of course you can't hurt cartoon characters. But I, I bet you probably always thought that's kind of, kind of the way it is, but listen to this story. During World War II, all kinds of production processes that involved metals like iron and copper and, and brass were halted by the American government. And you know why they were halted, because that, those materials were so precious for the use of making guns and tanks and artillery. And many of the musical instrument manufacturers were affected by these new regulations because they relied on these kinds of metals to make their instruments. And and it meant for them that they had really only two choices. They could shut down until the war ended, or they could come up with a, a, a product that could be used for the war. Many of them went out of business, in fact. But there were others like piano maker Steinway and Sons who have produced what is arguably considered the greatest pianos in history. And instead of shutting down, they were affected by the restrictions, but they decided to change their factory and make it a, a, a factory that manufactured parts for troop transport gliders. 
Well, their patience paid off. They were rewarded uh, not long after that when the U.S. military granted them a contract to make heavy-duty military pianos. And by June of 1942, Steinway's workers had designed a small upright piano. It was no more than 40 inches wide and it weighed 455 pounds. It was light enough to be carried by four soldiers. Each piano was treated with a special anti-termite, anti-insect solution and then sealed with a water-resistant glue so it would withstand dampness in the field. But here's the best part about these pianos. The piano used only 33 pounds of metal, about a tenth as much as a typical grand piano. They called them victory verticals. And these pianos, listen to this, (laughs) could be packed into crates and conveniently dropped by parachutes along with tuning equipment and instructions. And by war's end, an estimated 25,000 pianos were dropped to American soldiers who were fighting the war on three different continents so that they could sing songs that would lift and encourage them in the midst of the battles. Isn't that cool? You see, the army understood the importance of singing songs. And so does God. And that's why we're told to sing a new song. And you know how God has helped us sing a new song? 2,000 years ago, he dropped Jesus into the heart of the battle to bring encouragement, to bring a new song to our life. In the midst of this uh, war that we're engaged in, Jesus shows up to bring a new song to our life. I wonder today, do you know that song? It's the song of salvation, and it's changed everything. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? No one's looking about. If you've never sung the new song of salvation, why don't you do that today? If you're watching us by live stream or on television, why don't you call on him today? Sing out to him. Cry out to him. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I needed help. And into the darkness of my soul and the darkness of this world, you came to give me new life and a new song. I invite you to come into my life and be my Savior and cause me to sing out your great salvation and the great things that you've done for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I've done that, I've called on him, I remember the song, but I haven't let the song resonate any longer. And today, maybe you need to say to him, Lord Jesus, forgive me for forgetting the song. And in this new year, I want to be closer. I want to walk with you closer. I want to sing from my soul with adoration, celebration. I want to sing out and bring glory to you with my life. Forgive me for forgetting the tune. 
renew your song in my soul. Now, Father, I know you hear these prayers. And, Father, I pray that that all things will be new in the new year as we sing the new song. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me for our invitation? As always, I'm going to be here at the front, and we'll have staff on the sides. I want to invite you. Maybe you prayed that prayer to call on him, the song of salvation. Maybe you prayed that prayer. Would you slip out from where you're seated? I'll be here at the front. Staff on the sides, come and just say, I prayed that prayer. We'll take it from there. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, you know what I need? I, I need to just go get before God. Never be ashamed to bend a knee before God. Never be ashamed. Never worry about what if somebody thinks that I'm praying about me or I've got real problems. Listen, let me help everybody in this room and everybody watching by live stream. You do have problems. That's why all of us must bend a knee before Jesus. Maybe you're praying for someone. Maybe there's something weighing on you that you need to give over to God. You come and you kneel before Him. You talk with Him. Maybe you're here today and you need a church family. No better time to connect with the family of God, the local family of God, than at the beginning of the year. And I want to invite you to come say, Pastor, I'd like to become a part of Ridgecrest. I know Jesus as my Savior, but I want this to be my church home. There's a tear-off panel in your worship folder. You can use that. You can fill that out. You can drop that in the, the baskets or the boxes when you leave the building. But first, I would urge you just to come and say, Pastor, here, here's the decision I'm making. Those of you who are watching by live stream, there will be instructions on your screen. You just follow those instructions. But before we're gone, don't miss the opportunity to sing a new song. Are you ready? As we sing together, you come on right now. looking about in this place we're going to wait for another verse another verse don't walk out and go I should have maybe down the road right now heads are bowed eyes are closed but I'm in the middle it's okay just say excuse me you come on